0: I want to read you a little portion of scripture this morning. That's actually uh, I had run into uh, last week, and last week I tried to convince you to love the law. Remember, uh, I tried to convince you to love the law because that's that's what really and really that's the heart of David, and that's that's why I want to really bring that out. That's the heart of David. He, he really and he did. He, he says that numerous times or in various ways of how much he loved the law, and not not just the law, but everything that God would say, everything that God. Even mentioned everything that God insinuated. If if David thought God wanted it this, way, he loved it. If if he thought God was looking this way, well, he loved this way. I mean, he he just loved everything about the notion, the idea, the direction, the instruction of God. And and I tried I tried to bring that out last week, uh, 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 feebly I must say, feebly. But I tried to bring that out and, and try to turn our turn our notions away from. From from the negative concept, every time that the command or or the law or statutes or principles of God is, you hear that in church. At a lot of times, a lot of people draw this big negative conclusion that man, this is a bummer. This is a bummer. but it's not. It it's, it is. It should be loved. It, it should be embraced. And this morning, this morning, this is kind of a, a run over, but it goes it goes much further than just trying to talk you into loving the law. Uh, uh, that's something that, that God has to do in your heart. We found that out at the end of that message Sunday. But but it's just kind of a, a lead off or a spin off of that. And you know that's how I preach. I, I kind of progressively walk through scriptures And not sometimes book by chapter by chapter, a lot of times chapter by chapter, but a lot of times just as God leads in these, in these, what He's leading in His thoughts and His Word. But this morning I want to read, and all this is not pertinent, all this is not going to be preached on, but in context, I want to read this whole psalm. It's Psalms 19. Psalms 19. We're not going to really concentrate on but three or four verses, actually, two big verses that we're going to really concentrate on. So, so don't feel like, oh my gosh, he's going to preach on the whole Psalm 19. Oh my goodness. I didn't say 119, I said 19. Some of you are already like, woo! <laughs> woo! <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesus, for 19, not 119. Amen. Amen. But Psalms 19, and you know what? Uh, yeah, all every Psalm or, or praise or song, praise song that, that David or the others wrote—that's what it was. It was what we were doing right there. It, it, it was expressing the heart to God uh, in love, adoration, reverence, praise, honor. It was, it was David sending this to the to the to the choir at you know, sing this. And and what what stirred him to begin with? It's not really where he ends. How many know that's the way worship goes? What stirs us in the beginning, it never is where it ends. That's what's so awesome about it. Uh, even today, even today, and those that even were drawn to this altar, uh, what stirred them ain't, wasn't the end. The end is when they got up here and got in his presence. And it led to more. It led to more. So, but David, he starts out like this, and I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't research it because it don't really matter. I didn't look back on it. It don't really matter even where the setting was. All I know is David is, is somewhere, maybe he's in the fields, maybe this is in his young life, maybe, maybe this is sometime he's just out in the wilderness, man. Whatever it is, but but somewhere somewhere out there, somewhere out there, he he, he just evidently gets this grand look at, at creation again. I, and some of y'all are like that, I'm like that. I'm very much creation-oriented, I'm very much outdoorsy obviously, I'm very much, I would rather have the smell of the air than the smell of the air-conditioned air conditioned <laughs> I air, but it, David's out there and he takes this look and this, and he says, the heavens declare, and this is how he starts it out the heavens declare the glory of God, it, that's, that's just it, it's just plain he says, I can see it, I can see it in the heavens, I can see it in the mountains, I can see it in the sky, I can see it in the stars I can just see it, I can see God's great glory and that's a simple form, but that's one of the ways God makes himself known according to Scripture. Matter of fact, to the point that we're without excuse even with that. It's enough. It's enough. And then it goes on the fireman showeth his handiwork day unto day, uttereth speech. You know what day unto day uttereth? He's faithful. Every time the sun comes up, every time the sun goes, that day unto day, the, 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 the creation is going, God is faithful. Hey, he's faithful, y'all. Night unto night showeth knowledge. This is saying, this is telling us, man, you can trust God. Verse 3, there's no speech nor language where his voice is not heard. Don't matter. That's why man's without excuse, just because of creation. Creation speaks everybody's voice, everybody's language. Everybody can hear, you should glorify God. Just look. (laughs) Hey, I love it, I love it. There's a line gone out through all the earth and there are words to the end of the world. In them hath he set the tabernacle for the Son, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. See, where he started, he's not staying. Revelation is flowing now, baby he's moving out of his chamber I rejoice as a strong man to run a race his going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof and then transition time and I'd like where did this come from I mean we were we were all up into the glory and All into this deep revelation and into some of these deep thoughts. And we were just really into heavy praise. And out of nowhere, kind of like this morning, out of nowhere, the preacher brings up the law. (laughs) Out of nowhere, the law of the Lord. Now, listen, listen. This is a man that loves the law. You're not going to find, I told you last week, it's not negative. You're not going to find anything said negative about his commands, his principles, his statutes, and what David says. He says, listen, the law of the Lord is perfect. We know that. We know the, the frailties and the, fa- the failures is all on man's end. Amen. The fault, is, the fault lies with us. It's perfect. And listen, it's, it's converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord, another way of saying it, is Sure. Remember, I told you last week that the law is our word of wisdom. It is. It's the word of you looking for a word of wisdom? Read his commands, his principles. Read what he declares. What he says is good for you, old man. What is right for you. Read what he says will bless your life. Amen. Making the the, the, the wise, making making wise the simple. Verse 8. The statutes another way of saying it the lord are right. <laughs> it's just the only way you can say it. Rejoicing cheer in the heart the commandment of the lord they're pure and that they bring light to the eyes. Amen. The fear of the lord is clean enduring forever. The judgments another way of saying it of the lord are true and they're righteous altogether. More to be desired More to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter is the law, the commandments, the statutes, the judgments than honey and even the honeycomb. And that is some sweet stuff, the honeycomb. Used to be my favorite when I was a kid. Amen. My grandma always kept a little thing of honey set out on the table. And she'd have whatever hoe cake we had left over from breakfast. Y'all know what hoe cake is? Wave at me. Whatever whole cake was left over from breakfast, you could run in there about 10 o'clock when he's good and hungry and break off a piece and swab it through that honeycomb. Sweeter, though, sweeter, sweeter than even the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, what? The law, the judgments, the statutes. Listen, a servant, a servant, a servant is warned. A servant. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? You can tell he's been thinking on the law. <laughs> Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, and let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable into the sight of the Lord and my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I tell you, it's so good to see Brother Angle here. I don't know some of you don't know it, but he was in the hospital this week sick. And it's so good to see it. the Lord blessed him, touched him, brung him out of there right in due time, right when he said he would. And I want to ask him to pray over this this morning. God, accept our thanks this morning for being assembled in this house. As we open our mouths and open our hearts to acknowledge your presence, your goodness, your mercy, let your spirit take a bigger place. Permeate us with your mighty power. In Jesus' name we pray. As you touch our wonderful pastor this morning, we give you thanks. Amen and amen. 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 Come on, let's bless the Lord this morning. Let's bless the Lord. Bless his name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the trueness of it this morning. Thank you, Lord. This is a more sure word today. In your name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I just want us to go back. Go back to verse 13. I want us just to stay there for most of our time. I want us to go by there. Uh, and, and I want to I approach this this morning, because this is kind of how the Lord just put it up on my heart. I've I seen, I seen in this uh, a prayer. He, he, he's been in the midst of this praise. He's been out in the stars and in the sky and in the blue and in the wild, wild creation. And he's been praising, and the revelation began to come. He began to, he, as we do a lot of times, as we praise, his mind shifted to the word, shifted to the, what God had spoke to him, shifted. And when you get in his presence, it usually goes to the things that God's been saying to us, what he's been moving in our life, or what his word has said. How I many you know when you go to church a lot of times, that's what happens? His word comes; it comes clear. Those things that he's even been saying, and, and his mind shifted, and he got to thinking about how good God's law and His statutes, and he got to thinking about all that stuff, and, and, and all that led uh, to some things that he didn't bring out. But he he began to talk about, you know, about his own errors. He began to they evidently come to the top. You know, I've had people tell me that. He said, "I don't like to come to your church because every time I do, I feel bad." And what they were saying is a conviction. What they were saying is it, it, it surfaces again. said, so I can feel pretty good when I go somewhere else. But when I come here, I don't like to come here because I feel bad. Actually, there's a sister back there. Well, she might have done had to go, but that was, got saved. That was her testimony. She said she hated to come here. And then she finally got saved, and then she loved it. I've heard that over and over and over again, but that's the way that works. When you start getting in His presence, and you start dwelling on really what the truth of the Word is, what God says, what 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 are what is really what He's bringing forth, what His Word declares, the law, whatever that, that errors and and, and the, our faults and and the things in our life they they surface. And that's what David was thinking about. He was thinking about, man, I can't even understand how come I keep blowing it, God. How come? What's my errors? How? Why does I can't even understand how this always happens? That's what's kind of his shift. Well, then he shifts again, though. He shifts out of all of that. He shifts out of all that, and he goes here, and he goes to a prayer. This is really a prayer. This is really calling on God. This is. He's went from praise to 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 to, to, to conviction. And now, out of conviction, how many know prayer is the best place to go when you're convicted? That's a, No, it's not time to ignore. No, it's not time to talk to your neighbor. No, it's not time to get up and head for the back door. No, no, it's time to go to prayer. When conviction comes, man, we pray. That's what David did. He, he felt the conviction, and he began to pray. And this was, a, this was such a good prayer. And the Lord put this on my heart. And I want to talk about this this morning, about an appropriate prayer for our day. That's what this is. This is the perfect prayer for our day. This is the appropriate prayer. This, this is where we should be most, a lot of the time, is this same prayer. Because it's powerful. It's powerful. It's really powerful. But this is a prayer asking God. Asking God in particularly. He's moved beyond just errors or secret things or, or uh, things that he didn't even mean to do. And he's moved to things now that he knows are presumptuous. Amen. Hang with me. I'm going somewhere. I'm smiling. If I wasn't smiling, I, 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 we're going somewhere. But but he's moving, and, and he's moved to the place he's asking God. He's asking God, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. And we're going to qualify that statement here in a minute. We're going to bring that out a little bit better maybe. But I want you to just think about this. Here. What, what 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 he says here? He says, "Keep back thy servant." I want you to understand, it's the servant. It's not just this. This is not just the prayer of any man. It's not just the prayer of someone who just blowed in or blowed out. This is David. This is David. He calls himself the servant. This is David, the servant king, the David, the man that's been anointed of God, the man, the man that 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 that, that that's been. Uh, anointed to do work for God. is he, The, the anointing not just any man, but God's man. And not just any man, but he's been employed by God. Let this sink in. One that God has used. One that, that God still plans on using. One that God has, has, has flooded him with power at times. To operate on his behalf, on the kingdom's behalf. Empowered him. Empowered him at times to to, to take back things even that that, that belonged to God in his kingdom. Take back even Jerusalem. Take back various things. To go out and even defy larger enemies. He was was a warrior. This is a warrior asking God in a prayer... Keep me, take keep me from these presumptuous things. Pull me back. This is this is the guy that would fight for God in a heartbeat. This is the guy, this is a guy, give him five stones to kill a giant and he was such a fighter, he didn't even want. Just one. A fighter. But this same man is struggling. I hope I'm speaking to someone this morning. This same man is struck, killer for God, anointed of God, powerful with God, flowed with God, still going to do great things for God, but struggling. Man that, according to Scripture, was after God's own heart. Whatever, whatever way you want to look at that, chased after God, wanted a heart like God. Desired God's presence, whatever, how you want to look at it. Wanted God's heart. Loved the law, loved how God's heart functioned and said, I want that. I want the same way your heart flows to be in me. I want the same pump. (laughs) Amen. Amen. The same thing I desire. Amen. 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 But but he realizes, this is what he realizes. He realizes even men like that, servants, there's this propensity to sin. I seen an example of that yesterday. i got to lighten up on y'all, so I'm going to tell you a story. I can always tell when y'all need a story. Okay, story time. When y'all quit breathing, I know it's time for a story. Tickle me to death. I, I seen the propensity to sin yesterday. Even in my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson. I did. We went to the fish house. It was uh, Lily's birthday. My, uh, my niece. We went to the fish house over. Seen the Whitlocks over. Seen the Whitlocks over eating fish, too. We went over to eat fish, yo. And that we done filled our bellies up, and we'd all come out, and we was gathering, we was gathering outside, still yapping. and Yeah, you act like we didn't live around another or something. But. I mean, good day, but there we were. We gathered all out the door, and bug he done hyped up on whatever he's hyped up on. he's running around there. People was coming and going inside the fish house there and and this couple come out the door wasn't with us didn't know him I didn't know him. Somebody else knew him a little bit. or' knew the lady a little bit i didn't know him and bug he rips out across there just hard as he could go towards that strange woman, run right up behind her and popped her right on the rear end. Everybody's like, <laughs> he didn't get that from me. I'm just gonna tell y'all right now. <laughs> Propensity to maybe bear off a little bit. I mean, I mean, David knew that. He knew that they, there's this opportunity not only to sin. David knew there's an opportunity to sin big. The provision is in us today. Tell you, this is an appropriate prayer. Because David knew if it was if it was in the, the opportunity that it was possibility for him to sin big, what do you think? There's an opportunity in this place this morning for us to sin big. To miss it bad. Hopefully, not like bug. Luckily, when she wheeled around in her surprise, she looked and there was nobody this tall. <laughs> and her eyes settled down on the little mighty might here. And it's funny how that this seemed to change everything. Because she went from like, I'm about to jack somebody up to... amen amen but but the opportunity it was there you know what David knew David knew there's enough I want you to get this we all not only to david but there's enough chaff in every one of our hearts that that the sparks the sparks of sin could create a a a, a, a hell's fire in our heart there's there's enough chaff that's what David that's what David keep back your servant pull me back all these things what an appropriate prayer keep me back the man the man who who through his love would lay out under the stars and write god love psalms what is what a fervent love the man the man that, that that had such faith and such a fierce faith that he would fight giants or whatever and, and and could be a hopeless and in the darkest of places, but yet still could see hope. Could still get glimmers of hope. But yet, but yet still keep me back, Lord. Keep me back. Keep me back. Keep me back. Because it can turn so fast. The things that we hate today, the sin—I've seen this. I've seen this is this is true story from a pastor of many years. I've seen I've seen the sins that people hate today, people that some things that they abhorred that they end up living out tomorrow because they missed such a prayer. It happens. I thought about old Hazel. Remember Hazel? is an Old Testament example of what I just preached to you. Hazel. Hazel was sent to to, to, to the man of God, the prophet Elisha, to see whether or not Ben-Hadad would live. And when he got to Ben-Hadad, when he got to Elisha, the man of God, will Ben-Hadad live? And and will he recover from this sickness? And, of course, Elisha said, he will recover, but you're going to kill him. And, and, and. Hazel thought that was ridiculous. And so much, he thought it so absurd, he said, am I a dog? In other words, that's disgusting. That'll never happen. And you know what he did tomorrow? Ben-Hadid recovered from the sickness, but then Hazel smothered him. The sins that he thought was ridiculous yesterday, Become the sin that he operated in today. Amen. I understand. I really get the flow of. It. I see. I see. And no doubt that's why the Lord taught us to pray what He taught us to pray. No doubt that's why He taught us the Lord's Prayer. Come on. Let, it's been a long time. Let's, let, let's, let's 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 have a little Lord's Prayer time. Let's let's let's, let's, let's come on. Let's say it together. Our Father. Here it comes. Yes, yes, yes. What well, same Jesus was teaching the same thing that David's pleading: keep us from evil, deliver us, keep us out of that, remove us. Because Jesus knew, as he taught, he still knew man. As David is it, and, and not only all of that, I've just tried to prove a point, but not only that, the times alone in which we live, they're going to require prayer like this. The deceitfulness of our day. The deception. That, that's, that's the enemy's weapon of choice in these end days. Jesus taught us that. And Paul taught us that. Deception. Falseness, heresy, anti—the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin. All of that mixture comes in. I'm gonna tell you, this is a this is a time and age to where, to where there's people like David, fallen. You listen to me people that's been used mighty of God warriors fighters kingdom shakers kingdom builders but 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 fallen under sins that they preached against sins that they abhorred sins and it's it's not just them it it can happen to That's why this is such an appropriate prayer for the times in which we live. Keep us. Keep us. Keep us. All of us. The days in which we live require. Now I want to qualify something just a little bit. As as David talked about this presumptuous sin and and he asked let not the, the power. There's a power of it. Let that not, that dominion, let that not get over me. Then shall I be upright. I shall be innocent. And he takes it to this place. And this is what, this is what got my attention when I was studying this passage two weeks ago. Was he called it the great transgression. I know, I know the basic rule of Christianity, I've heard it all my life. I, and Most of y'all live by it believe it. There's no sin, greater, no sin, no bigger, no little, no little, and it all sin. Yeah, I understand all that. But David, David David, ramps this up just a little bit. He calls this the great transgression. If God's Word ramps it up, I'm not going to ramp it down. If God's Word lifts it a little bit higher, I'm surely not going to be the one that lowers it down in he calls it the great transgression. And there might be several reasons I don't know, but one of the things that I do know of the reasons he calls it the great transgression is the danger that's in it. The danger level that's there. Calling it this great transgression. He ramps it up. He he calls it, he warns of its dangers if you will. He, he, he frets over the dominion. He frets being under its power. He don't want to be under the power of this. Amen. So, I want to disqualify just for a minute because to get where I'm going. I've got to go to verse 14 when we go, or, or I'll miss it all. But I want to disqualify this just for a second this morning. What, what in the world scripturally can we can we can we conclude that presumptuous sin? Don't go there yet. Go back to thirteen. You're ahead of me. What when we're from this? What, what are these? What is he trying to be kept from? What is it that he's praying? What is his prayer? What is this prayer that he's seeking for? And I think one of the simplest places to start. There's three or four things I want to bring out right here. You know, I've always got three or four things, and I ain't got but seven minutes to bring it out, so that don't leave me much time. Amen. Amen. But one of the simplest things that I can bring out this morning, I feel like, it is what he's talking about when he talks about presumptuous sin. And that's to go against what, what we really know. To go against. D- David's, David's praying. Everything. Where God, you've warned me. Where God, you've taught me. Where, 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 where you've warned me of errors. Where you've warned me, don't go this way or, or don't move this way. Where you've warned me, God. And, and, and to go against that willfully or knowingly. He's not talking about the errors now. He's not talking about sins of ignorance now. He's not talking about any, No, he's talking about when, when I really know. Do you hear me? He talks about when I know. When God has in his loving voice or through loving friends or through a loving church. Or through your loving grandma or your loving parents. Or through God, his, just his written word has told you, you know, don't go, don't, this is, this. this. Remember, remember what the word of God is? It's true, but it also warns and it rewards. Whatever God's word has said, it's to go against that. That's the simplest form of presumption. Of presuming that it, you but be just pushed by anyway. we just move through anyway. Not heeding the warning. How many of you know that's presumptuous? When God's word, when God's word warns us in whatever facet it is, whether it's through 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 his word or through preaching, through teaching, through our loving parents, or whatever, when he, when we're warned and it's God's word, when it's true and it's perfect and it's right and it's enlightened our eyes and our soul's been touched, our conscience has come alive. And and our conscience screams to to, to push past that. That's what he's talking about. Presumption. That's why David said, keep me from that. What's he praying for? He's praying, Lord, give me the grace. Give me the grace to hear your warnings. Give me the grace to act on what you've warned me. Give me the grace to follow your warnings. Give me the grace. Give me the grace to, to, to move in those warnings. Give me the grace. See, Noah found grace. Why? What What makes that even impertinent here? Noah found grace to move under the fear of the Lord, to build this ark, to the saving of his family. That's what I'm talking about. The grace. That's, that was his prayer. He's looking for grace. Looking for, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, and you just keep blowing through God's commands. I'm not here to. Now, I'm not here to beat up, I'm not here to, to beat you down. Hey, one thing I don't do, I don't preach to beat up people. I never have. I don't I don't come this morning to, to to preach you down or to beat you up. I tell you what I do, I come I come to preach on darkness, though. Preach against darkness and preach against that and preach against what's got you in bondage and what's making you miserable. I come to preach it and not only to you but to myself because I'm no greater than David. I've come this morning, Lord. Give me grace not to keep blowing through your commands. Give me grace not to keep blowing through what your word declares. Give me the grace for the strength to operate in your word as you say. Give me that, God. That's what he's asking. I think in the most simplest form, that's what he's looking for. Asking for grace for those things that I've been warned. I'd ask God to do that this morning. I'd ask God this morning, I'd say, God, man, give grace this morning for all those commands, all those principles, all those things you've been dealing with our hearts about, God. I pray for the grace, for strength, for strength, for, for strength to move in obedience, to move in such a way, dear God, that, that we'll be blessed by your command. Not cursed, but blessed. Lord, let that grace flow in this place this morning. Let that grace. Uh, uh, another thing I, I would want to bring out here, and I feel like this is true too, is, is, is this is another form of presumption that maybe David was talking about because I feel like David I feel like David was a thinker. I feel like David was one who, who reads I feel like David would, would thank over things. A lot of things maybe he did in haste. I know a sinner thing or two that he probably did in haste. But but most of the time he thought that, Remember he he would inquire of the Lord on 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 big situations. He would inquire: Should I go after? Should I seek? Should I chase after? Shall I capture? Shall I fight? He, he was a thinker. And here's what I think about that: is I think when 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 we when we when we, when we deliberate, when we give long and careful thought on something, and 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 and. and push it yet to the side. That's presumptuous. That's being when we give long thought on something and, and, and mull it over and, and look at it and, and, and we come back to the place you, you know I'm telling the truth and come back to the place that yeah God God's true here. But we still push it to the side. That, that that's presumption. And David said Lord don't let me do that anymore. Give me the grace to break this 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 habit of of. Pushing by what you keep saying. Another place I feel like is when we, the opposite of what David is loving the Lord, it's despising His Word. I feel like there's a there's an example of that in, in Numbers. We ain't got time to go there because I got to just get where I'm going. But in Numbers, you know, they give this law about honoring the Sabbath. Remember it about honoring the Sabbath the, under the old covenant. Uh, it's still a good. It's still it's still a good thing to. Honor the Lord today, a Lord's day. It's it's still good, but anyway, they said don't don't you can't do any work. Remember all that? And numbers, in numbers, there's this little story about this man who on the Sabbath is out picking up sticks. <laughs> Y'all remember that? And I used to think this was harsh. I used to think this was real harsh. They caught him picking up sticks right after God said, you know, and God called this a presumptuous sin in Numbers 30. He called it himself. This will be a presumptuous sin. And it was about despising his word, really, the word that God had give out. And the man went on out and picked up sticks. And it wasn't that he needed, I guarantee you this. If that man had needed sticks, God would have have, have graced him. But the point of the whole story was the man just despised God's word. He despised what God said. And he picked up sticks anyway. That's presumption. That's just pushing by. That's man's heart sometimes. And David, he knew that. I'm going to count Israel anyway. I'm going to number him anyway. I know this ain't wise, but I'm going to number him anyway. Presum- Lord, keep me. This was a man who was very experienced in presumptuous sin. I'm gonna number a minute. This, last, last two thoughts. I want to give them to you, and then I got we gotta close. But last two thoughts. I, I feel like this sometimes. I think grace. This ain't, ain't grace. Wonderful. Tell me. Tell me. Is grace wonderful or not? Is grace the greatest thing? Is, we don't sing about it enough. We don't celebrate it enough. Grace is so good. But here's here's what I've learned about sometimes. If we're not careful, sometimes even what David was operating in, although he was operating in a in in, a, in an Old Testament grace. He he'd, he'd come to know God like, like, like no Old Testament character had as he would march into his presence. But, but sometimes grace makes us feel immune to what God says. Come on, I ain't here to beat you up. I'm not. I'm here to help you. But sometimes grace, grace makes us feel immune makes us feel like I have got to listen to what this word says. Grace will get me through this. Grace will cover me here. Grace will move me through this. And and, and, and bless God, lots of times it does. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you, it's presumptuous. It's so presumptuous to keep pushing through what God's word says, saying, well, grace will cover me. It's so presumptuous thinking that we're immune. So presumptuous to think that this doesn't this doesn't really uh, account to me. I want to tell you something. To feel like that—that that is the masterpiece of iniquity. The masterpiece of iniquity is to think that I'm immune. When iniquity, iniquity, when the mystery of iniquity has worked so much in our heart that it has convinced us that I'm okay, even though I'm totally against God's word. That is the masterpiece of iniquity working in our heart. Yes. For sure. Yes, sir. And we need to be careful right there because that's so presumptuous to leave here this morning just presuming grace and not calling on Him or not begging or beckoning or pleading or, or reaching or repenting or confessing or all the other things that God sometimes puts in our heart, whatever, to just presume that grace covers me. Grace covering. me. I'm going to tell you what, that's presumptuous. So presumptuous. Lord, give us grace that we might be accountable this morning. That we might be accountable for our shortcomings. That we so accountable that Lord, we will confess with our own mouths our sins and our shortcomings and our fail, and we'll say, "It's me, Lord. I have failed here. I come short." And Lord, give me the grace that forgives that. Last one. Hey! Hey! Last one that I know David was feeling was this, this presumption, and, and it's the scary one. It's the one that I really feel is the danger a lot. Not that any of them were, were lesser, but this is a big one. Is it so presumptuous to believe that you can just do it tomorrow? The thing no, no, not this week. I got to get some, or they some, or I'm just not quite ready. And to think that I've got tomorrow. How presumptuous is it, old man, to think that I can even count on 10 seconds from now? Somebody in this room is next somebody and it could be now one thing these last two months has taught me and I already knew this I already knew this from years ago I already knew this but it's taught me man you can't presume tomorrow this week you can't presume strength you can't presume health you can't presume mind you can't you can't presume it's presumptuous my own health taught me that this little two months period, to where I went from full strength to dragging—how quick vitality, how quick strength leaves. It's presumptuous this morning. David says, "Keep me, keep me from that. Keep me from from thinking that I've got all the time in the world." Keep me, God. But what I told you last week, all that talk of the law and all, it always goes somewhere. And Dave, David, I told you it always leads to the Redeemer. If it's the law right, if it's the law lawfully, it leads to the Redeemer. And verse 14, we got to close. We got to close. Verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and even the meditation of my heart. He's looking for a unification here. Let this, let, let these things be acceptable in Thy sight. I want to please You. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. You want, you want, you want to wipe away being presumptuous this morning? Get a heart to want to please God. There's no presumption. I tell you, glory to God. Anyone that has a heart that wants, I must please Him. You ain't got to worry about being presumptuous. He's saying, let, let my heart. Let the, my mouth or my being or my actions, let my heart and my hands, let them unite. That's what it takes to please God. I've learned this. There's a whole lot, maybe some of you here today. Maybe I've learned this. There's a lot of folk I've run into over the years. I know people right now, they got a heart to please God. A true heart. They really do. You talk to them. In their heart, they want to please God. They really do but then their hands show otherwise they got a heart but they can't get their hands involved their actions but then I know other people who their hands look like they want to please God but when you talk to them their heart is wicked heart is dark heart is rotten david said if you want to you want to beat presumption You need the grace to connect heart and hands. I want to please God with my heart, but also my actions. I want to please God with every fiber of me. I want to please God with, with my heart for sure, but yes, even with my actions. I want to be acceptable in your sight. He's calling on Jesus, by the way. I don't know if you've caught it, but he's he's got shut on my He's calling on Jesus. You know we're Jesus people, don't you? I felt like I ought to reiterate. We're Jesus people. It's all right to say praise God. It's all right to say give glory to God. It's all right. But I'm gonna tell you what: we're Jesus people. Let let the people of Jesus let the world know who their God is. It's the Redeemer. It's Jesus. Everybody says they got a God, but only some of us call him Jesus. Hey, we call our God Jesus. (laughs) Hey, he's Jesus, the Redeemer. He's Jesus, the resurrection. He's Jesus, the life. He's Jesus, the door, the way. He's Jesus, the truth. He's Jesus, the Savior. This morning, it's Jesus. David's calling on, Oh Lord, my strength, my Redeemer. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Paul, come on. I got to close. I got to close. I got to close. Strengthen my Redeemer. I want to close like that. I want to bring that to your heart. Do you have a heart to please God? That's what he was praying for. That's what he was praying. That's what he was asking. Keep me back from from being presumptuous. Do you want to please God? Do you want to connect this morning heart and hands? It will be through a Redeemer. Redeemer. And through the strength of a Redeemer. The strength of a Redeemer. Amen. 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 This altar's open. I believe hearts feel it. I want to open this altar this morning. Do you Do you need to come pray this morning? Do you need to come pray? Say, Lord, I want my heart and my hands to please you. I want to please you this morning. That's what I want more than anything. Give me the strength, my Redeemer. Give me the grace to please you. Give me the grace to follow you. Give me the grace that my heart and my hands. Give me the grace, Lord. I ain't going to say no more. I'm going to let them play and sing. And I'm going to open up this altar to people who want to please him. Who don't want to leave here presumptuous. Who don't want to leave here thinking i got more time. Who don't want to leave here thinking, I'm immune, I'm immune. And ain't asked for God's grace or forgiveness for nothing. Ain't asking maybe even to be your Savior. Have you asked Him to be your Savior? Have you, if you've not asked Him to be your Savior and to cover your life, that's presumption. That's a pin the tail on the donkey salvation. Maybe. I'm not going to be presumptuous. I'm going to come and I'm going to nail it down this morning. Because I want to please him I want to please him I want to please him I want both hands and heart I want to please him I want to please him I'm going to please him I'm not blowing through another command I'm not blowing through another word I'm not blowing through another I want to please him I want to please him And I'm going to need grace I guarantee, if you're going to please him You're going to need grace You'll never please him without grace Never 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 you'll be tried with your hands but your heart will be far far from him